Hi. Hi. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English Podcast. The place to be for anyone who wants to watch more movies or read more books, but doesn't quite know where to start. Here we are watching more movies and I guess not reading books this this week, but it's uh, a December episode and we're trying to get in the Christmas spirit by watching a movie that takes place around Christmas time. And in our like our way, it's kind of an eclectic Christmas movie. It's an eclectic not- Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little different. Uh, it's called Bell Book and Candle from 1958, directed by Richard Quine. And uh, here we are to talk about it. We're going to get into that one in a second. But uh, how has your week been? What you been up to? Uh, my week has been really exciting and really good. So last we spoke, I think I had taken my stats final that day. That and I was quite stressed. <laughs> I was really worried about... I was in the throes of finals week and kind of worried about how the semester is going to wrap up. This week, I've been kind of riding a high because I did very well. And I finished my semester with straight A's, even in stats. And I really thought all semester that I was going to end with a B in stats, but I did well enough on my final to boost my grade up to an A. So I feel really good about that. Um, Yeah, so that's been really nice. And then over the weekend, two friends came to visit me, including Sarah English (laughs) of English Family Hall of Fame. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so that that was... (laughs) um i love having friends come up and visit especially from like kind of outside of town i guess like this was sarah's first time visiting me at my new place so i got to show her a lot of fort collins and stuff like that we saw a comedy show and it was really really fun and it was really really funny me and sarah were really cracking up so that was nice (laughs) nice uh there was one guy though who was sitting in the very front row and wearing a very goofy uh, like Hawaiian Santa shirt and all three comedians who came out during the show made a comment about it. And he was so unhappy about it. Like he sat with his arms crossed and didn't smile for the entire show because everybody was making fun of his shirt. But it's like, how are you going to wear that kind of shirt to a comedy show and yeah, sit in the front row and not have a laugh about it? It was so weird. And so, <laughs> off-putting. Um, but otherwise it was really funny. Um, and the other very exciting thing is that two days ago, I adopted a new kitten. Um, so that's been really fun. She is a gross girl. <laughs> she did fall in the toilet earlier today <laughs> to clean her off. She's very clumsy and she's very, very tiny. I got, we got her because we've had our other cat for about a year now. And I, we think he's lonely. Like every time um, my boyfriend takes him to his parents' house and he gets to play with their cats, he just seems to have so much fun. And then he comes home and he's kind of mm-hmm. sad. And he doesn't have anybody to play with uh, except for us boring people who don't even know how to play right, I'm sure. <laughs> so this opportunity to get this kitten kind of just like fell into our laps. Uh, we got her for free. She just needed a home. And she's a really tiny, all black cat. And she was born on Friday, October 13th. So she nice. very much has switch powers. Not unlike the the cat in the movie that we watched <laughs> for this yeah. week. Um and yeah, I really 
I'm excited about this, but she's, it's been exhausting. She's obsessed with me. I'm in the new spot in my house today, kind of hiding from her. Uh, so that we can record this in peace because she, if she sees me, she like has to be touching me at night. She sleeps on my head all day long. She kind of like nestles herself into my hair and just sleeps there. Um, Incredible. Yeah. Her name right now is Crow. I don't know if that's, I really like it. I don't know if it's mm. going to stick. I seem to be the only one who likes that name. So <laughs> that's the name she came with or what? No, that's what I named her, but I was going to mm. name her Gigi at first uh, after Kiki's delivery service, because she's a yeah. pretty black cat, but I just kind of feel like it, I don't, she doesn't have the personality of Gigi. So I don't know that it really suits her. Like Gigi's mm. a very sassy boy cat mm. and she's a very clumsy, gross girl cat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that she's really a Gigi, but mm-hmm. I keep going back and forth. I'm not sure yet. But anyway, Crow is a cool I, name. I think Crow's a cool name too. Thank you. I'm down with that. You get my vote of approval to Thank be you. I appreciate that. So um, yeah, how was your week? That's super cool. Uh good. It's been weirdly eventful. Um, nice. Yeah. I feel like I've done more this week than I usually have done, but it doesn't feel like most of it was like pretty impromptu, which I think is cool. Like that's a good way to be about things. Yeah. I agree. So hopefully more of that in the new year when I come back here. Nice. Good. Um, yeah. Over the weekend, I went to uh, El Escorial, the the monastery of San Lorenzo de El Escorial. It's um a day trip inside the community of Madrid. And basically it was a palace that uh, the Philip II, Felipe (laughs) Felipe Segundo, uh, basically moved his, when he was in charge, when he was the big man, he moved in to this place. So even though it's called a monastery, it's part monastery, part palace, but apparently it's the biggest Renaissance building in the world. That is so cool. Um, yeah, and it's a place that I've heard about and was wanted to check out for a while. And uh, it looks pretty big in the pictures. Mm-hmm. And it is much bigger in real life. It's oh, wow. insane how large this place is. It was the coolest thing. The coolest like day trip that I've been on. Probably the coolest thing in the community of Madrid so far. It blows like that the current royal palace out of the water, in my opinion. That is so cool. I'm so, so jealous. Sounds if anyone's taking notes and is visiting Madrid, <laughs> if you have time for like a day, it could even be like maybe a half a day trip. Um, I went out for drinks the night before, so we left uh, pretty late in the day to get there. Nice. But uh, it's, I would say it's more worth doing than uh, the current Royal Palace in Madrid. So. Just putting that one out there. I took us. Also, it's where, uh, like, some of the, a lot of the people are buried. Okay. So I actually took a selfie with two of my favorite European monarchs. (laughs) So cool. Carlos Quinto and Felipe Segundo. It's so that's so fun. I love which is just like such a cool thing. (laughs) I don't know. I like. I don't know. I kind of doubt that their actual bodies are in those things that they have on display. But in case they are, I did it. 
was so cool. Yeah. So that was like super fun. Um, yeah. I'm glad yeah. you're like getting to see so many sites and such cool things. Yeah. Like, that, it's really cool. That's one that I would highly recommend. Um, yeah. And then yesterday I went to the opera last minute, cool. which was so cool. Also, <laughs> uh, I don't think I really got opera before. I, I went to one when I was smaller in uh, New Mexico. Okay. But, uh, and when I was in Prague, some of my friends went and really enjoyed it. Uh, I toured the opera house, like the, the Royal, the national theater, it's called the national theater, um, in Prague, but this one's called the Royal theater. Um, but I, I, I toured it, but I didn't see a show there and I knew some people that did, uh, and they really enjoyed it. But last minute I went to this one here, Madrid is really good about pushing things for young people. So you get so many discounts for various things by being 25 or under. <laughs> That's so cool. And one of them is a program they do at the opera house, which is reduce prices for young people. Uh, so I paid 20 euros to get a seat like in the eighth row. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Just kind of right there. And it was just such a cool experience and double cool thinking like that anyone could do this, you know, if, if there's the yeah. availability and, and uh, it doesn't have to be something that you have to, you know, pay an arm and a leg for, which is certain yeah. things I found are like way more expensive than I was expecting. So it's cool that they have some of these programs, uh, that are the opposite. But uh, I saw Rig so cool. Rigoletto uh, yesterday nice. and uh, it was like actually very, very cool. So now I'm going to try so to go to more operas while I'm here in the new year. <laughs> One of my new year's resolutions, but I love that. Such a cool thing to take advantage of. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing that I would, I guess, highly recommend, but that, that one might not be accessible to everyone. Gotcha. Um, but, and then one more thing before we move on, that's very important this week is that the daily seasons 10 will be starting quite soon. Season nine is over. Congratulations. We're, we're moving up in the world at the end of every season. <laughs> I try to do a big push, uh, mm -hmm. for the new season. And I'm actually really happy with my little trailer video that I'm working on for this one. I haven't uh, seen it. So, oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. So it'll come out whenever on, uh, I think it'll be like the day after I come back to the States. So I need to have it ready before I leave. So that's also been keeping me busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm coming back to the United States on Friday. And that was oh, so exciting. Quite fun. That is quite but, fun. Uh, I'm filling out the first pages of the season 10 book this week nice. too. So, uh, but yeah, I'm really excited about it and uh, been working on that a lot. Been keeping busy. And uh, I'm sure I'll be very busy right up until uh, I'm back in the USA. Nice. So that's what what's up. Uh, yeah. I think it's all happening. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it makes me feel a lot better um, about going into next year <laughs> because mm -hmm. I still have more time living here in Madrid than I've been here so far. Uh, yeah, because my lease doesn't end until July 12th. So gotcha. that's like over half of next year that I'll still be living here. And uh, that's just like, I just thought about that the other day. And I was like, that is so exciting because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I'm really starting to kind of 
find my own way around and be able to do things on my own and then like meet up with certain people sometimes or whatever. And yeah, it's like starting to ramp like a ramp. (laughs) I was going to say ramp up, but that's not quite right. (laughs) I don't know. Anyways. um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, There was none mailbag submissions again for this week but uh i think we might just take this time here to talk about vertigo because i rewatched it um as well and then we can get into our feature presentation even though there's probably more to say about vertigo (laughs) i think uh, it's a lot definitely a lot more complex of a movie and a lot more just like baggage with it but bell book and candle is the focus of this episode because it's christmas time (laughs) <laughs> but uh i'm just curious about your thoughts on vertigo um i really liked it i was very amazed by a lot of like what it was able to accomplish i guess mm-hmm. um i it wasn't a perfect 10 out of 10 to me in the end and i kind of expected it to be like maybe like three-fourths of the way through, I was kind of like, okay, I understand why this is a lot of people's favorite and a lot of people's, uh, it's 10 out of 10 for a lot of people. And I think it will be for me too. Um, And then it wasn't, it kind of like fell off at the end for me. And I was kind of surprised about that. Um, But for the most part, I really, really liked it. And I really get the hype. And it was so gorgeous like i guess like maybe the main takeaway for me was that was the visuals it was so much fun to look at the Mm. color palette of the whole movie is just so cool it's like so stark and i i don't know i just really loved it i loved all the visuals i love even just like the face of the lead woman (laughs) so Mm. so beautiful like i understand she has such a screen presence she's so she so like reminded me of Marilyn Monroe in that way. Like the first time you see her face, I was kind of like, okay, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) She's so interesting to look at. Um, So that was really cool. And also the twist of this movie genuinely surprised me. And I like, I liked everywhere that it went after that. Like, I don't know for the whole buildup of this movie I was sort of like I genuinely don't know what's going on like I don't know where this is going I don't know what the big twist is going to be and then it really did shock me so that was really cool and I liked that it kind of keeps you on your toes that whole time um I think my biggest critiques my like complaints that are keeping it from being a 10 out of 10 are a the romance between the two which I'm always I guess kind of picky about like I think I'm kind of hard to please but I, they met each other like they were like in love after one day. And I was just kind of <laughs> irritated about that, especially because in Bell Book and Candle, the same thing kind of happens. And they mention how weird it is all yeah. the time. Like, isn't it crazy how we're so <laughs> in love and we hardly know each other? Um, and the, that's the point is because he's under a literal spell. <laughs> and it's so funny that in that movie with the same two people from the same year, they're like talking about how weird this whirlwind romance is. And in this movie in vertigo, mm. they're just like, yes, we are madly in love with each other. We've known each other for one day. And I was like, what? <laughs> Get real. <laughs> Two um, days by I, then. The- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two days. I just don't like that. Uh, and 
I don't, I'm really confused and I'm kind of hoping maybe you can offer some insight that will change my perspective on this, but I don't understand the addition, the inclusion of the character Midge. Like, and I really liked her at first and I liked how off-putting she was and I liked their friendship um, and like the way she paints herself, her face on that painting, that moment to me was so weird and so funny. And I love wild, but then nothing gets wrapped up. Like they just completely drop her character. There is no resolution with that arc. And ultimately like the movie really would not be any different if she wasn't in it at all. And I don't get that. Like, I mm. just really don't understand that choice at all. So I feel, I felt kind of disappointed in like the lack of, story that came of that i guess i'm not really sure i was hoping for something more yeah, yeah. i guess that's you know that's fair i have you know my own ideas about this yeah totally uh i think vertigo is is a really weird movie like very unique and i think it what makes weird, it stand yeah. out um is that it is not at all the movie that you assume it is when you yeah f- start it uh and i think for that reason it might be like one that people need to see twice (laughs) um i think in my opinion because so much of it the 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 more times i watch this the more of an impact it has on me which i think is very very unique Mm -hmm. um this is honestly the most uh disturbing and distressing ending of a movie i think for any movie for me Mm. to be completely honest like i I think that hit me this time around is that like I just feel genuinely more distressed every time I watch the ending of this movie than yeah. anything else, and and it's probably because I watch I've seen this one so many times by now. Yeah. Um, but just I just feel so bad. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it, this one like bums me out. Like just the way that it ends bums me out, and it's just so one of the ones that takes a lot of energy out of me to watch, but is like so yeah. good at the same time. Um, <laughs> And I think some of it is things that I appreciate only after I know what it's doing. But I think this is also such a fun and like crazy first watch too. Yeah, it definitely was. But like also quite bewildering of a first watch. It was. It was. It took me on such a wild ride, which I love genuinely. Like that's one of my favorite parts of this movie. And I'm so happy I went into it blind. Like I really... I did not know what this movie was about yeah. at all. And that's a hundred percent for the best. I'm so glad about that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to just actually do a quick uh, history as, as I understand it of this one is that okay. this is probably like the prime example of a, a rediscovered masterpiece, I guess I'd say <laughs> uh, when it came out, it, it's like the, you've seen back to the future, right? Yes. <laughs> when this movie came out, it's literally Marty McFly saying, uh, you guys might not be ready for that, <laughs> that yet, but the, your kids are going to love it. Because uh, basically when it came out, no one got it. Interesting. A lot of people were like put off by it. Yeah. Uh, it was a flop. Wow. I didn't know that. That's and crazy. Was, and uh, Hitchcock took it really poorly uh, because he saw it as like sticking his neck out in this one. Cause yeah. he, he, he makes some, uh, brave, brave choices. I think with this one, I would, if I was Hitchcock in that position, I'd also be pissed off. Yeah. And, what is uh, wrong with you people? <laughs> uh-huh. And, uh, so he turned So after making this and the reception, he turned around and made, uh, 
uh, North by Northwest, which is his most like commercial, like most probably like why most successful, uh, like commercially okay. movie. Okay. Um, that was just like everything that this isn't, but that he also does well. I guess like it. <laughs> it's like okay, you you want like pop entertainment here's the best i can do with that and north by northwest is also a 10 out of 10 for me like this isn't diminishing it at all but it's just the the avenue it takes is is way different from this one did does he like that movie like did he ever talk about that did he feel Uh, proud of north by northwest or was it just something he did like out of spite no i think i uh i'm not sure i think he liked it um all my information about his own opinion, his opinions on his own movies comes from uh, Hitchcock Truffaut, which is mm-hmm. uh, in a series of interviews made into a book where um, Francois Truffaut, who is a critic and also director uh, that I really like, by the way, I like his movies on their own, but uh, he just sat down and he went through movie by movie and just talked with Hitchcock about all of his pictures so, uh, cool. so like i highly recommend that but i don't it's i mean i it's been a while since i read that one for vertigo and i don't remember what exactly was said or i mean uh like vertigo and north by northwest mm-hmm. but uh yeah but it was very much kind of his response to like this one not doing well sure. um but then in the 70s <laughs> this vertigo became uh a something that was shown it was kind of like forgotten about i guess but uh it kind of became legendary for its random screenings at like cinematecas in like france or different places um where anytime it was screened people were like oh wait this movie's actually crazy so it like built up a reputation special screenings of it and that sort of thing Um, and i'm not sure i think it was like re-released widely at some point but uh, it was around that time where it was like the 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 scholars and such were the ones watching it and were like wait a second this movie is actually insane <laughs> like <laughs> really impressive and then from then on it, it started developing steam and now it's um like very highly regarded right um and it was actually the number one uh on the sight and sound poll in 2010 so oh cool they got dethroned last year or 2012 actually because they do it on the because they did it last year uh and it got dethroned by jean dilman but uh um it was number one and it was that it was citizen kane for like 40 years Mm. 50 years or so and then vertigo all of a sudden so like that's like the height of its (laughs) resurgence i guess um but uh to the point i guess the second half or like not quite second half but like the the back half of this movie just mm-hmm. really takes it in a whole different direction and i think it's it's very different from like anything else that hitchcock made um and i think there's certain readings that you can apply um to his other movies that are like very valid mm-hmm. um but i think this is might be at least the one where he most strongly just puts all of his uh anxieties themings anxieties like anxieties on the bat on on the bad side and like maybe like fetishes on the good half i guess uh just like straight to the forefront of this one like you can very clearly see 
uh, what he's kind of like, he's kind of, I don't know, being very upfront about uh, like obsessions and that sort of thing with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's crazy how uh, just like upfront it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause I don't think that Jimmy Stewart is, I guess he is the protagonist of this movie uh, by definition, but like, he's not <laughs> the good guy. Right. And um, you don't realize that until you're too far gone. I think in this case, yeah. it's like, I think maybe an extreme situation of what we were talking about with in a lonely place. Mm. But at least for me in this one, I think that switch is made when you're too far in. It's like, yeah. this guy's doing some weird stuff. Like this whole thing is kind of weird. And then at a certain point, he gets really, really upfront about it. Like, and every time I rewatch it, I'm just more and more devastated for Judy. It It, it is so sad. Um. But uh, as far as your question about Midge as a character, uh, I think she just represents um, this guy's life, mm-hmm. like his normal life outside of this. So you start the movie, he has, you know, he's talking to her, it's good, they're joking around, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then every time that he has an interaction with her, since then, he's more and more in the deep end. Uh, next time he sees her, he's, you know, working on this, trying to find out who Carlotta Valdez is. Mm-hmm. And the next time you see, they see each other, he's like, he's obsessed with her by that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it gets further and further into that, where you get that scene where she's visiting him at the hospital and he just, <sighs> that nothing else exists to him in his life. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I agree that it's kind of weird how she just kind of disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it 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 works for me <laughs> after a few okay. watches and like my reading of the movie. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't know what to make of that scene where she just paints herself as <laughs> as the painting. <laughs> that every time it's that so one is still like just weird. Yeah, like yeah. what is she expecting to happen there? <laughs> I don't know, but I, I just really liked that. Like it, it just kind of opened your eyes about how strange and obsessive, like she also is. Maybe that's, mm. I don't know. Maybe it works because of that, because they're kind of similar in that way. And they're like obsession, uh, him, she with him and him with Judy. Mm. Um, I don't, but I don't with know. Madeline. Yeah, with Madeline, yeah. I do want to make the distinction because that's <laughs> that's the problem. Right. I okay, as we're talking about this, I think I think I'm understanding a little bit more <laughs> about mm. <laughs> the intention. Yeah, well it's just it's just so weird because it's like the the focus of the second half is like very at odds with what you see, like how it starts out. You yeah, know, he's investigating. We're going to try to find out an answer. And then you do find out the answer, but like halfway through the movie and yeah. nothing comes of it. Gavin Elster is dropped, even though he's the one yeah. that 
lays this plot out right uh, and benefits from it with no consequences by the way this wouldn't yeah, exactly. this this wouldn't be a well for a number of reasons but this wouldn't be approved by the Hayes code because <laughs> the bad guy just gets away with it like um and then is that's not what the movie's interested in and i think that's yeah. like the weird switch that's so different is that she just explains it right out in that little letter that she writes and then tears up yeah. She's like, yeah. man, I want to stick around, but I know I can't. And then yeah. she does. And oh. yeah. <laughs> man. I think that maybe I'm more on board with like how rapidly he fell in love with Madeline than I was before. Um, because he's a, a weirdo. <laughs> and that's revealed like more and more as the movie goes on. Like maybe at the beginning of the movie those feelings of like, what do you mean? You're like this obsessed with your friend's mm-hmm. wife. Who you don't know. It made me be like, I don't, I don't understand like this choice. It feels nonsensical to me, but now like, I don't know, understanding more like that's kind of what the movie was trying to get at is that he's not like a trustworthy dude. With yeah. good <laughs> he's odd. He's off putting. He's obsessive. So maybe that, whole storyline makes more sense now and then she didn't like really reciprocate being in love with him so quickly it was just that she was acting but then like over the course of the Mm -hmm. time she finds out right when she has to leave but also for the record i don't know i don't get how someone like kim novak would fall in love with either of these Jimmy Stewart characters. I'm so glad you brought this up dude i do not so much jimmy stewart appeal I do, but a young Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> like, I don't see him as a love interest all old like he is by now. Right. Also, Kim Novak, I looked this up. She's 25 in 1958. Wow. She's so young. She's so talented. In both of these movies, I was like, holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> really giving a stellar performance. She's amazing. And she's so gorgeous. And I don't like Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't like, I find him kind of irritating. Like, honestly, first of all, I don't think he's hot enough to be the love interest of either of these movies, <laughs> especially the way that he is. But I also, I don't know that I think that he's like a phenomenal actor. He just kind of annoys me. And he mm-hmm. kind of is always the same mm-hmm. in this, in these two movies and in rear window. He's, he's kind of the same dude. Mm. I, uh, I don't remember what I was reading or what movie it was describing him in, but the, uh... It just said that he was he always played an aw shucks character. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I like that a lot. I think it works when he's in earlier movies. Uh-huh. I like him a lot better as a young man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He's like awkward and lanky. Like uh, yeah. something about that screen presence works. But uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of realizing this. I think it works well in Rear Window. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, once again. <laughs> Once again, it's like, how does Grace Kelly fall for like be the one who's literally this guy? But the but and I, she, that whole movie, she's like begging him to be with her, and yeah. he's like, and I'm like, get real, dude. <laughs> so, but that one, I don't think that like it's not anything that that feels too weird to be off. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I think in both, I think in Vertigo, like that's kind of the point. I think it, that's that's mind for what your response is as an audience member watching it. Um, 
besides the fact that I don't think it's believable that she would fall in love with him like that. (laughs) But, uh, but it's also somewhat of a pet peeve of mine when the, the man male love interest is like so much older and it's something that is done so much in Hollywood that just oftentimes just like makes movies feel weird to me. I completely hard to root for. 100% 100% agree. Very, uh, very I call it the Audrey Hepburn syndrome. <laughs> yeah. As in legit every movie that I like that she's in, but two of them. Uh, that's like a weird thing. Yeah. Actually, no. Three of them aren't weird. Two are like around her same age. In uh, Roman Holiday, Gregory Peck is like seven or eight years older than her. Okay. But it works for me in that one because he's because yeah. she's just really young. He's not old. I think is the difference. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I really agree. It's, it's really just weird. something that is always noticeable and always pisses yeah. me off. Hundred percent. But uh, yeah, I think that was the case here. Jimmy Stewart just feels so old in both of these movies. I know, and irritating. And weird. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's Vertigo. I think that, I mean, there's so much to talk about this one, I think, um, mm-hmm. because there's so many interpretations that you can have from it. And it's just such a interesting, like, complex movie with all of its theming and yeah. stuff. And I think that that's really to its benefit because I think Rear Window and mm-hmm. I, I still, uh, I don't know. It's it's really hard to pick a favorite for me between the two. Uh, and part, part of that is because they're so different. But the mm-hmm. uh, rear window is definitely more of like a, uh, like a Rube Goldberg machine where everything just works. Mm-hmm. So like, in step yeah. and it feels like a perfect movie to me in a lot of ways. Me um, as well. And Vertigo is quite messy. But... Mm-hmm. Just the the pure the the things that it gets to and the kind of the the stuff that it deals with and just it's the way that it bears itself so honestly or like maybe not honestly even but just so openly and upfront mm-hmm. uh, also just really sets it apart to me. So so those are the two that that uh, I don't know. I, I rear windows ranked higher, but that doesn't really mean I think they're pretty equal in my mind. Uh, and hard to compare against each other for me because I think they're they're both at the pinnacle in my opinion. But totally, I Rear Window remains my favorite as of right now. Mm. But I do, and I Rear Window is a ten out of ten for me. I love it. Um, and I do want to watch Vertigo again in a little bit because I really see what you're saying about it. I don't know having more and more to say over time. And the more that we're talking about it, even the more I'm thinking that some of the things that bothered me in the end, like just wouldn't bother me upon rewatching. Cause I think I'm starting to get it a little bit better now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that some of the choices that seemed just like off putting or like lacking to me are actually, I don't know, kind of contributing to like this whole theme of having a very warped perception, you know, both like mm-hmm. literally in terms of having vertigo <laughs> and also yeah. just like being an odd person, an odd and obsessive person yeah. and what that'll do to you. 
like your take on reality, I guess. The first time I watched Vertigo, I gave it a nine out of 10 and then I upgraded it on second watch. So, okay. I think that that's what I'm giving it right now. Originally I had given it an eight on Letterboxd, but upon this conversation, I think I'm going to give it a nine and I could Mm -hmm. see down the line it being a 10 as well. Hi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really an interesting one, at least for me, because there's so much uh, there's so much there. Every time I watch it, and I've seen it quite a few times by now, and every time I watch it, I'm just as engaged, and I, I mm-hmm. feel so devastated by the end every time, more and more probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we could talk about it more, but I think it's time to move to our like actual feature presentation of the episode, which is okay. Bell, Book, and Candle, uh, which, I mean, the the reason that we watched Vertigo first is because I told you to watch Vertigo first because yeah. <laughs> this is from the same year with the same two leads. Yes. And this one came out after. So um, here we are once again with Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak. And, Kim uh, Novak really rocks. I have become a huge Kim Novak yeah. fan the last two days (laughs) (laughs) incredible this one uh not as silly as i married a witch but it was sillier than i was expecting i think (laughs) um but yeah let's get into it what were your overall thoughts with this one i really liked it uh it's it it was kind of weird to watch this like immediately after watching vertigo because it just definitely had less to say (laughs) (laughs) and i have less to say about it um and it was silly and uh, it's very funny to me that it just like that it came out in the same year as Vertigo, <laughs> same people because it just could not be more different. Like there's uh-huh. very few similarities to draw between them. Um, but I liked it. I like a movie about a witch. Uh, Except I the think, age difference between. <laughs> yeah, the age difference once again was off-putting and confusing. I didn't like Jimmy Stewart <laughs> in this one either. I just don't get it. Um, And I also am like so sick of these movies where the magical woman gives up her powers for a man. I was so over it. They did the same freaking thing in the Polish mermaid movie, Uh, The Lure. And I hated it then. And I just didn't, I liked it a little bit better in this one. Um, But I still am just like, I don't. Uh, how are you going to be with this man after he judged you and your whole lifestyle and your whole sense of self so harshly? And then you've decided to just completely change fundamentally who you are as a person to be with him. Come on. That's so lame. Like I just, I hate seeing that. But as I was thinking those thoughts, watching this movie, I was like, you know, what's kind of funny is that I love that exact same concept in wings of desire which is a, a recent, a newer favorite of mine. And in that movie, a man who's an angel gives up being an angel to be in love with a human and to live a human life. And I, I think that is done so well. And that's actually like, I love that concept in that movie. And then I was like, is it only different because it's a man? <laughs> like, do I just hate it when a woman sacrifices her power for a man and I'm cool with it when a man sacrifices his power for a woman? I don't know. Or is it something different? Like, is Winston's Desire, does it just do it better? Is the romance more believable? Also, in Wings of Desire, it's like this guy has been in, in a mortal angel for 
who knows how long, like maybe Mm -hmm. thousands of years. So maybe it's like, okay, you get to a point where you've learned everything there is to learn as a supernatural being. And there's, there's things about humanity that are compelling that you can never have learned from that experience. Mm -hmm. So maybe, okay. I'm going to just say wings of desire does it way better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, yeah. And I mean, I think in this one, the blow is lessened somewhat by the fact that like she starts out like feeling this way, you know, like why do we all, I'm getting tired of this. I want to live a normal life or whatever. Yeah, This one just feels bad because yeah, like you said, the reaction that he has to this is just annoying. Like, and he never really, repents in any way for that I know. I know. just like just, oh yeah i was missing you so yeah you know, now that this conflict that we had before is just like resolved now by you falling in love with me for some reason right <laughs> and now that it's chill so yeah i think that it's just not executed quite well because i think that the framework is there in this one and it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah she's kind of you know getting tired of this and yeah yeah part of this thing not quite really being able to line up and so i mm-hmm. think that you know it, it laid the foundation well and it just felt bad because the dynamic didn't quite justify that you know like if she had never yeah. fallen in love before with any other man like why yeah, this situation true. what is awesome. what does jimmy stewart bring to the table in this literally <laughs> Like he's kind of unpleasant. Like he's. I agree. He is unpleasant. Not as unpleasant as the fiance. She was the (laughs) worst, but uh, maybe they like deserve each other in some way. (laughs) But I, I like that this is a Christmas movie about a witch romance. (laughs) I like the concept of that. And it really did put me in kind of a holly jolly mood for a lot of it. Like the, to just kind of like holiday atmosphere of it. Mm. I, I thought was done really well. It was really pleasant. I like the uh, kind of dynamic, the family dynamic too, of the three sort of magical people. Yeah. Jack um, Lemmon so, is I don't like know. one of my favorite actors. I yeah. Say. Just the whole supporting cast in this one, I think filled it out quite well. And I think a lot of that is what made it so fun and watchable. I agree. Yeah. So a lot of these kind of like subplots inside characters, like were really charming and fun to me. So ultimately I did really like this movie, even though I didn't like the romance or like the main plot, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to go to the Zodiac club. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. But like watching this movie or vertigo, <laughs> have to, if you're only going to watch one, it, it should be vertigo. That is true. I saw, uh, I was looking through like the people who I follow on Letterboxd and what they said about it. And they said it was a good matinee movie. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's light. Like it's that. fun. Yeah. It's it like a comedy, but not like too much of a comedy, I guess. Yeah. I agree. You know? Cause I think I, I keep thinking of this one, like compared to I married a witch, uh, which we also watched for the podcast. Yeah. Um, and I think that one is more upfront goofy than this. Yeah, one is, I agree with that. Um, which I think worked for for in that case. Um, but yeah, both of the witches in in each of those movies are do great. So true. Is Kim Novak? Have you seen her in anything else? Um. Yes, but nothing like big. I don't think. Okay. Let me check real quick. I'd love to watch more stuff with her. She's so cool. 
She is so talented. I kind of hope that in real life she like hates Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I hope she's like, God, don't ever make me work with this clown again. <laughs> Maybe not. She wasn't in a whole lot of high profile stuff. That's so surprising. She's amazing. Um, she was in a Billy Wilder movie oh, called cool. Kiss Me Stupid, which I haven't seen, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'm also very impressed by her performance in both of these. And yeah. uh, she's so cool. I want to be just like her in this movie in Velvet mm. and Candle. What a hero. <laughs> what An a icon, hero. except for giving up her powers, of yeah. course. And it's that, but her, the, fashion of this movie too was oh my god so perfect for me it's right up my alley yeah well also in this one i think it's it's interesting because she didn't quite give up her powers it was more of like a unconscious byproduct of falling in love sure which makes it come off a little bit better because there wasn't the uh the moment of like i'm gonna just renounce all of this yeah which i mean i guess she said that she would do but didn't actually it was yeah only after he left, but yeah, it is kind of, I don't know, just off-putting when he's like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I know. And then nothing changes no. and then from that to just that. Cool with that. And yeah. Irritating. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's like a whole lot else to say with this one. No, I don't really think so either. Which is funny after how much we talked about Vertigo. but I figured that that would happen. Yeah. Um, but that works out. It was because <laughs> this movie, it's just like a, it's a good, nice movie. It's very watchable, but it's mm-hmm. not uh, anything crazy. Totally. But uh, yeah, a fun time. It was a fun time. I'm giving this one pretty firmly a 6 out of 10. Mm, I would give it a 7. Nice. Yeah. But uh, oh, I would recommend. Yeah. As a matinee movie. I really like that description. <laughs> I know that um, the Criterion channel would do that sometimes. They would have uh, like a section that was like Saturday matinee or Sunday matinee. And it would be like you know, these kind of shorter, lighter subject matter movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've watched a few really good ones from there. So well, that's really fun. Maybe I'll think more about that. And that'll be a segment of like good matinee movies. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, for the next time that no one writes in the mailbag. <laughs> okay. What should we ask the mailbag for this week? Do you think? Um. Your favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, your favorite Christmas movie is a really good one. Yeah, favorite Christmas movie, especially if it's something a little more offbeat. Yeah, or like, is there like a male love interest that you think is just like diabolical that anyone would ever pitch that he could be a love interest? Like, do you have (laughs) the least favorite, ugliest male love interest? (laughs) Specifically male. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I do not want to hear about any women that you don't like. You keep that opinion to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's it's more the case of like 
it took so much more to be cast as a leading role as a woman, uh, mm-hmm. like in you know the classic Hollywood era. Mm-hmm. And you had a lot shorter of a shelf life too, I think is probably the bigger thing. Right. You know, you have like five to 10 years of like actually being able to show and stuff, show up yeah. and stuff. Meanwhile, these guys are, and I don't want to be too like harsh because I think, especially like Cary Grant, aged well i would say like aged into these older roles but where it's a little weird that he's so much older than his opposite in the love mm-hmm. interest but uh he still has the uh, like the the charisma sure um because yeah I, this is another th- this is a thought that i had while watching uh bell book and candle specifically because i think that the, the casting of him in vertigo adds an interesting dynamic but uh, just how much that I, how much better I like Jimmy Stewart as a young man. <laughs> <laughs> what is he in as a young man? I don't know as, if I've seen. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. I think is probably his oh. most iconic. Um, but yeah. I also really love him in The Philadelphia Story, which has okay. both him and Cary Grant. Gotcha. Um, and that one's just so fun. But there's a couple of other like iconic movies he was in. Um, I think like what is it? Mr. Smith goes to Washington. He's in some westerns that I need to see. Hmm. But uh, maybe I should watch something he's in as a younger person and kind of redeem him in my eyes because currently I'm not a fan. I think you should check out "It's a Wonderful Life" this Christmas season. It's a great idea because I think that that's a better movie than it is a Christmas movie. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, but. If we're in Christmas time, anyways, might as well check it out. True, uh, but I think that one is so good. Okay, and uh, he's genuinely like someone that you're really, really rooting for in that one. Okay. <laughs> um, that yeah. for me. If you're looking to for anything else to watch while you're crocheting this lead up to Christmas, that's a perfect pick. Okay, great. It's the bill. You have a lot to crochet. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. So I think that'll be, that's, that's good for the main segment of the podcast. Uh, next time that we meet, I think we'll be like for maybe an early December wrap up slash Christmas special. I feel like we do that most years. Yeah, true. Um, because we do our, our new year's kind of deal with the mm-hmm. new year, which is like a year wrap up. So yeah. Yeah. A nice little December wrap-up, probably for some time when I'm in the States. Okay, great. Uh, and that'll be fun. Maybe we, we could record an episode in person. That would be insane. Oh my gosh, we've never done that before. Because we've never even done that, yeah. Yeah, that would be so fun. Uh, maybe so, we'll see. Okay. But um, yeah, that's what's coming up. We have our time pretty much planned out. I did start, start reading the book for Book Club, which is... <laughs> Kindred by Octavia Butler. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm always so unsure of like what it's actually <laughs> called, but uh, now I've started it. I got it on the Kindle. Nice. And uh, yeah. Um. Cool. So that's what we got going on. Which means all that is left to do for this time around is to recommend an album. Do you have an album to recommend for this week? 
Yes. I want to recommend Sufjan Stevens' newest album, which I don't think that I have <laughs> yet. I don't think so. But it's really good. And that's kind of crazy because I love Sufjan Stevens and I recommended so many of his albums on the podcast before. And I was kind of thinking earlier, like, oh, should I recommend a Christmas album? So we're getting so close to Christmas and we're doing like a Christmas episode. And I know I've already recommended Sufjan Stevens' Christmas albums probably twice because I love them. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, I don't think I ever even talked about Javelin, which is his album that he put out not that long ago this year. And it's so good. If you haven't listened to it, you, you have to. <laughs> I haven't so listened very, to this one. All very the way fantastic yet. album. Oh, I just love him so much. He has really, really been through a lot in his life in general. And especially in this year when this album came out, uh, he got extremely ill and paralyzed, and he also lost his partner. His boyfriend died this year, which is just absolutely crazy. And I can't even imagine the heartbreak of like either of those things. And both of them happened to him in one year. And like yeah. a lot of other stuff has happened to him before those two things happened. So it's just crazy. He's just really, really a very resilient person. And his album that he put out this year is just... I don't know. It's just that much more special knowing these really personal things that he's shared about his life and kind of knowing the frame of mind that he might have been in when he was putting this together. Mm. So it's really touching. He's really smart and he's really talented. And I'm really glad that he's so like vulnerable in his art. Mm. Yeah, good point. Uh, actually, yeah, I haven't listened to this one all the way through. But if you are in the top... Uh, I don't know what the requirement is. Uh, listeners on Spotify, you can get a shirt uh, <laughs> for this cool. album. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he was in my top five this year. Uh, it's he not was? top five because he wasn't in my top five either. Oh, okay. But I just like just just that you listen to a lot. Um, gotcha. I know. do listen to a lot. So I'm sure it's available. <laughs> to hey, get. that's cool. <laughs> but, uh, um, a little exclusive, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I need, I just haven't yet. I don't know why, but I've been meaning to <laughs> listen to this one like all the way through. I've, I've heard a few songs off of it. Yeah. Um, let's see. My album is the first full studio album by Mazzy Star called She Hangs Brightly. I love Mazzy Star. Yeah. I think this album is the best. Well, I don't, I'm not going to say the best, but it's definitely my favorite. Um, and I mentioned how the daily season 10 trailer video will be coming out soon. May mm -hmm. or may not uh, feature a song from this album. Oh, uh, that's so cool. And that may or may not be specifically the reason I picked it this week, <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have to find that out come like Saturday or Sunday or whenever the video is ready yeah. <laughs> and done. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think this whole album is so cool. And uh, it's more like rock-y than mm -hmm. their other albums, uh, which I think is I like better, <laughs> at least for me. It's, it's more fun. And uh, I just think that the, the sound with this album is like very unique. And I like all of it. Awesome. So I would recommend it. It's kind of Chris, not Christmassy, but it's kind of wintery. I would say if I had to pick a season to assign to it, it would be winter. So nice. it works out. It adds up. It does. Uh, so yeah, that's what we got 
for this time around. We'll be back for Christmas. We'll be home for Christmas. You can yeah. Um, and uh, talking about like December wrap up a little early. And uh, in the mailbag this week, we want to hear about your favorite Christmas movies and also your fa- your least favorite uh, leading men, <laughs> or leading leading male halves of love interests. Please. I'm dying to know. Um, yeah. I'm going to also think on this if there's any other irritating guys. <laughs> I know. I'm sure I could come up with a couple. Um, what was it? Strangers on it? So the lady vanishes. Oh, <laughs> didn't I hate that guy? Yeah. Or was it something else that we watched around that time? I'll have to look through my letterbox. I definitely talked about no, it in my. You you roasted the guy on the lady vanishes. Okay. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> there was also one that you made me watch. That you were like, like if you like any like enemies to lovers movies, it'll be this one. Oh yeah. And I did like it, but I did still also find that guy really annoying. Oh really? Clark Gable and it happened one night. Yeah. <laughs> really? I thought he was super likable. I don't maybe maybe I'm it gonna... was like at the beginning that he came yeah. around by the end, but at the beginning he was a maybe. little irritating. I don't know. I love that movie though. I'm glad that you kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Uh but yeah, we'll we'll talk some more about that next week. I'll have a good three fellas. That, to put on blast for next time around. Hey, great. I'm excited. Um, so yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, yeah, and we'll we'll be doing that. So thanks for listening to anyone who is. And uh, do great things this week. We both believe in you. We really do. And uh, have a Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Bye now. <laughs>